July 4th again. Hold on to this so it doesn't take flight. Uh, fruits of the Spirit, the life of Jesus. That's what we're doing with this sermon series on the fruits of the Spirit. If you've been around the church, you've probably heard sermons about it, you've probably read books about the fruits of the Spirit, but they are these virtues that the Apostle Paul was passing on to the church in Galatia. He'd been doing ministry, he'd been building the church for about 15 years at this point. So when he writes the letter to the people in Galatia, He's kind of giving them his very best advice, his best encouragement. He's admonishing them at times. But after 15 years of doing something, you kind of know a little bit about what you're doing. I've been uh, working in vocational ministry for about that period of time. And I would never say I know everything, but I know a little bit. And so what I would hand off to someone younger than me, what I would try to invest in a young leader would look different than it had at five years or 10 years. Think about your own profession. What would you tell to someone who's about 15 years behind you in your role? That's what Paul is doing here with these encouragements. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are things that our world would say, yeah, those are, those are good. Those are valuable. But the way Paul imparts them is different. And he specifically wants to impart them through the lens of Jesus Christ. That's who he follows. That's who he worships. Makes sense. So what we're trying to do in this sermon series is connect one fruit of the Spirit per week. That's it. To an aspect of Jesus's life and ministry. How did Jesus live this out? Last week was love. This week is joy. Can you say that with me? Joy. This is joy. If you say it without a smile on your face, you're not really saying it. Joy. Joy. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what is joy? What did it look like in Jesus's life? And then what can we do with it? What did it look like? What is it? What did it look like in Jesus's life? And how can we apply this to our lives? Okay. So, Greek Bible scholars, get your definition hats on. What is joy? How is it defined? Webster's defines joy as a feeling of happiness. It's just this elation that kind of lifts you up. In the ancient Greek, it is actually the word kata, not karma, kata. Can you say kata with me? Kara. It is gladness or rejoicing. It is the ability to celebrate regardless of circumstance. And that's a key difference from the way our world tends to think about joy. So for a minute, kids, I want you to do this too. I want everybody to just kind of pause and think, when was the last time I experienced joy? When was the last time I experienced something that kind of lifted my spirits and lifted me up? Kids, if you want to draw that, you can draw that on the piece of paper that you have. You can make it out of your wiki sticks. What is something that brings you joy? Where you experience joy? Uh, this will shock no one, but two things that came to my mind are food and baseball. I love enjoying great food. I love making food. And I love being able to go watch a baseball game. It just brings me a lot of joy. And even more so than actually sitting and watching the game, this happened a few weeks ago. It was so wonderful. Parking over in downtown Seattle, walking up to T-Mobile Park, hearing all the people walking in as well, seeing Mariners here. I just thought, man, this is such a relief. There was no baseball last year. There was no in-person baseball games uh, with Major League Baseball until the end, until the playoffs. And so it was just such a joy for me to go back to a baseball game. I want you to think about whatever your equivalent of that might be. Hold on to that. Tuck that away because we'll talk about that in our breakout rooms. But what is something that brings you joy? Flip that and ask yourself maybe a tougher question. When have you experienced a lack of joy? In other words, maybe sometimes it's easier to define joy when we identify its absence. 
What if you lacked joy? Uh, I would just share that uh, after my dad passed away almost two years ago, I could do things that were fun. I could go to baseball games. I could play with my kids. But after in that season of grief, it was almost like there was a mute button. Like someone had hit the mute button. And joy wasn't as full bore. It wasn't as, it wasn't as rich. It wasn't as deep as it used to. And that's a season that, you know, kind of comes and goes. Those of you who've been through grief understand that. But if it's a hard thing for you to define what brings you joy, think about seasons when you have lacked joy. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about, actually, in our Matthew passage. We'll get into it in a moment. There's this incredible dichotomy where human beings are designed both to experience joy and elation and wonder. And we have to hold that hand in hand with disappointment and pain, and even in the case of what Jesus is describing, persecution. So something that brings you joy, a time when you've lacked joy. Hold on to that. Think about that. Now we're going to talk about what, je- what joy looks like in Jesus's ministry. And this is where looking at the actual words in the scriptures is so fascinating. What's the Greek word for joy? What did we say earlier? Kara. Say that with me. Kara, not karma. Kara. Kara happens actually at the beginning of Jesus's life and at the end of Jesus's life. That same word pops up in the text. You don't have to turn there with me, but I'll just read Matthew 2.10 for us. This is describing the Magi. Remember these wise men that were in pursuit of Jesus. They wanted to see him. They wanted to worship him. It says this, when they saw the star, remember the star of Bethlehem, when they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with what? Joy. At the incarnation, at the birth of Jesus, his front door, his walking into human life, it is marked by joy. At the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, he's died, he's been resurrected. This is Matthew chapter 28. These angels are speaking with the group of Jesus' disciples. They tell him that, they tell them this, go quickly and tell his disciples, he's been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. One of the other translations uh, of the scriptures that we were looking at was, they were overwhelmed with joy. It washed over them. It's like a flood of joy. In response to both Jesus' birth and in response to his resurrection is this powerful feeling of joy. But what accompanies that is what I want us to think about as we try to explain how to apply this to our own lives. How many times have you heard a sermon about joy or about happiness or about the gladness or the love of God and you go, I'm just not feeling that in my life right now. It's, it's not there for me. I think especially during the last 16 months, during these, these mostly dark days of COVID, there has been this sense for many of us that our emotions, our ability to interact with things like joy, has just been kind of muted or blunted. Now, that may not be true all the time. I certainly hope it's not true all the time. I hope for many of us, you still got to celebrate your birthday, even though it might have been over Zoom. You still got to connect with coworkers. You still got to do things that bring you joy. But let's just be honest and say, it has been a hard scrape to find joy in the last 16 months. And some of that is the nature of what we've all been through as a society. One of my theories is that COVID is the slowest moving trauma that human beings have ever experienced. It really is. It's just this slow, rolling, creeping thing where we go, oh, I don't feel like I'm doing that. Why am I not doing that well? What's going on in my life? Oh, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Oh, I can't go see my neighbors. Oh, Thanksgiving. Our, our family goes to the Oregon Post every year for Thanksgiving. It's usually cold. It's usually rainy. That's not shocking. What shocked all of us this year is we were able to have Thanksgiving dinner outside. 
It was a sunny but very cold day, and we had our first, and I pray only, outside Thanksgiving dinner on the Oregon coast. That never would have happened any other time except in COVID. And I'll tell you all, there was joy in eating dinner outside on the coast. Funny, uh, when you try to do that in the wintertime, uh, your food gets cold really quickly. Like, you have to eat really fast, which is, you know, okay for me, because I tend to be a fast eater anyways. There were moments for you and for me in the last year when we were, to borrow a phrase from C.S. Lewis, surprised by joy. I was pleasantly surprised that we were able to pull off an outdoor Thanksgiving dinner. Some of y'all were here when we had our Christmas Eve service right over there, outdoors. And it was a joy because we had not had the opportunity to worship together, to hear each other's voices, to greet one another. By the mercy of Jesus, it didn't rain on Christmas Eve. It didn't snow. We were just able to there were moments of joy for you and for me in this last year. Let us not buy into the narrative that the last 16 months were all bad. And let us also not deny ourselves the freedom that God gives to us to say, you know what? I did experience it. I got to meet a new baby, several new babies during COVID. You better believe there was joy in that new life. You better believe it. We continue to do really wonderful things as a church together. Our children's ministry went online, and our kids have been blessed by it. We got to kind of figure out how to do ministry in this wonderful space here at Inglewood Press, and more is coming. Friends, do not deny yourselves this feeling of joy, even if right now you don't feel it. Even if you kind of have to ask yourself, like, how could I possibly feel joy right now? So many people are suffering. The world is on fire. There's conflict. There continues to be disease. Yes, but do not let that rob you of this gift of joy that God gives to his people. The reality that Jesus depicts in that Matthew 5 passage I read for us is so real, and we're going to get into this in our response time. He tells his disciples, there will be persecution and there will be joy. Rejoice when you are doing my work. Rejoice when you are a part of the community of faith. Rejoice when you are able to take steps that we all will rejoice in different ways, like being able to worship outdoors, mostly unmasked. Whether you love masks or not, there is a joy in being able to see people and say, I can see your face. I can see your expression. I can tell how you're doing a little bit. Better. That is a gift. So recognize that church. And remember that even as we go into the seasons that are ahead, there's going to be seasons where there is suffering. Jesus said there would be. Don't be discouraged. And don't deny yourselves the joy that God desires for each of us. So what we're going to do now is a time of response. So there are some markers up here, uh, which you'll be invited to pick up. Uh, Grown-ups drive the markers, by the way. Kids, let your grown-up drive the marker for you. And there are three easels set up in the back. One fell down because of the wind. Stephen, you might set them back up. Thank you. And I'm just going to direct you all to this. For our friends online, you're going to have a Google Doc that will allow you to participate in this as well. We're just going to reflect on three different themes around the subject of joy. The first one is joy that we've lost. So it's kind of an opportunity to lament. That's right here in the middle by the donuts. <clears throat> That's like the sad one. I don't know why I put it by the donuts because donuts make me happy. Lost joy. And you're going to write onto that easel stuff that brought you joy, but you weren't able to do for the last 60 months, or you were limited in your ability to do it. Things that I would write up there, gathering with our community for worship. It does bring me joy to see you guys. It really does. Making connections between people. One of my favorite things, this is why I love regathering for in-person worship, as great as it is online, 
one of my favorite things when the church gathers is when I'm able to say to somebody, hey, you, you know, you work in this profession, you should meet so-and-so because they also work in that field. It'd be fun for you two to get to know each other. Or similarly, when there are real concerns in our community, like, oh, I know your mom isn't doing well. Sorry that she's, she's sick. This family just went through that. They should connect with her and support each other. Those are things that brought me joy that have been muted during COVID. So what are the things that you love that have brought you joy in the past that you've just not been able to step into? Write that down on the uh, easel that says lost or fill it in on the Google Doc. Uh, the next one is joy that you found. That's over here to my left, to your right. So what is something that you discovered during the last 16 months of project? Uh, when online school started in the fall, which was just a mind-blowing experience, uh, my kids and I would get up in the morning, and before we started school online, we would take a walk through our neighborhood. It would be like we were walking to school, but we weren't going into the building, right? So we'd get the dog, whether it was raining or not, we would go out there and we would walk as part of our preparation to begin the school. There was a lot of joy for me in that. I, I don't miss online school, but man, I kind of miss those walks. Like that was really, really fun to do that together. What are some things that you discovered and you were kind of forced to discover during the time of the COVID that it brought you to? And the last thing that we'll uh, spend some time thinking about is uh, this diesel over here on my right to your left. And that's hoped for joy. That is joy that you anticipate coming back at some point. Uh, my hopes for joy, y'all just kind of brought back to me, and that was to hear people say, I hoped for that, I longed for that, and guess what? You just gave your pastor a gift to that joy. So thank you. What are some things that you hope for? A birthday party with your friends, people that you can see, going to school again, going to the office again. What are things that you hope for? They haven't come back yet. It's kind of on the horizon. But what are some things you are hoping for? We're going to take a few minutes now and spend some time doing that, and then we'll take some time in breakout rooms to discuss together what did we learn, what are some reflections in mind. So uh, come and grab a marker. They're up here, uh, and then you are welcome to go write down uh, your responses on those easels for our online folks. You're welcome to jump on that Google Doc and start adding your comments. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you that you desire us for, to be a people who have, receive, and extend joy to others. Joy is your gift. It's your idea. You are a joyful being. And so God, thank you for inviting us into this time. As we get up, grown-ups and kids, and do this together, would you uh, help us to enjoy this? Help us to be able to celebrate as we're able to write down, the, write down these, write down these things, on these things, restore in some form, and that we uh, desire to see you given glory through this time. So bless us and use this time for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. So when you're ready, uh, go ahead and grab a marker and then take your time and go to these easels.